Welcome to No Player Connected. Today we are not playing Dead Space 2 with our first returning guest, Caden Cactus. Thank you for coming back. I'm glad the cannibal vibes didn't scare you off. <laughs> if anything, they like enticed me to come That's, back. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Caden, do you mind describing this location we've put Isaac in since you seem to have some feelings about it? We've locked our poor Isaac in, like, this security break room of a mental institution. <laughs> He's still in his straight jacket. He's barely alive. <laughs> He's looking at coffee that he can't drink because he's in a straight jacket. He could he could get at it with his mouth, I think. He could take a little sip. Yeah, he <laughs> this could. Poor guy. You ever do that where you just like bite the styrofoam cup with your mouth and then like tilt your head back to drink out of it? <laughs> no. You've never done that. This is revealing a That's lot. That's like the T Rex maneuver. Think. You'll have to bite the styrofoam. <laughs> yeah, like if there's something in your hands, like you're carrying something, but you want to drink out of the cup, you bite down <laughs> with your mouth. Or obviously, you're going to bite down with your mouth. You can't bite down with anything else. Come on, guys. I'm a regular human like the rest of you. And then you just tilt your head back, and then you have to gulp down whatever's in the cup. Make sure you don't choke, because... Anyway. Anyway. As is tradition, Caden, uh, can you can you sum up the old Dead Space the second for folks at home that might not be familiar or might not remember this gem from over a decade ago? Oh God, it's so old. Okay, Dead Space Two. It's a 2011 action horror third person shooter. It was made by Visceral Games. They also made the first game. Here we are. We're playing as Isaac Clark again. We've had a three year time skip. He spent his time in a mental institute on on Titan Station, which is a space colony that orbits Saturn, but he doesn't remember what he's been doing there or what's going on. He has some kind of dementia, and he has visions of his dead girlfriend, Nicole, that are still tormenting him. And right at the beginning of the game, you get rescued and escape the institute. But the necromorphs are here and the outbreak is happening on Titan Station. So your goal is to survive again and also figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah, what the what the hell? What the heck? Yeah, what the, I think that's Isaac's first voice line. What the heck? <laughs> no. Yeah, but that's a that's an exciting part of this, because in the original he didn't talk. But yeah. in this one, he starts talking pretty early, I think. Well, you hear him in the voice call with Nicole. Yes. Very cool. And this is this is back in 2011, so they didn't they didn't ruin Nicole with realistic graphics. And this, she's got <laughs> her three polygons on her face, as God intended. Uh, Isaac looks a little <laughs> looks a little goofy too. But. He uh, oof, put the helmet back on, buddy. <laughs> oh <my God>. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that. him, but he looks so that. silly. He's so funny. It's like you ever see those videos where they like turn the face animation like up to like 500. percent He's at like 200. He's like a little. <laughs> he's a little too animated. A little uncanny. <laughs> yeah. I love him. So I, I think that's a pretty pretty good description of the game without getting too much into spoilers. Although I think we'll we'll get into the spoilery stuff because there's some. I don't know, there's some parts that I love about Dead Space 2. This is one of my favorite games of all time, but there are also parts where I... What the heck? Where I, I really... 
don't know what's going on or why no. certain decisions were made. So I'd, I'd like to dissect it a little bit with you. Yeah, I think we'll get into spoilers. And I think we should say that right away. Yeah, We yeah. should say that now. Warning. Yeah, warning Dead Space 1-ers that have not gone to Dead Space 2 yet. Go play it first. Because it is a wonderful game. It's my favorite of the trilogy. I might still like it more than the remake. So, yeah, you are under a moral obligation to pause the episode now, run over to your Xbox 360, play it, and then come back here. Yeah, you have to come back. That's part of the obligation. <laughs> yeah, you are you are bound. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll start off with a... I, I hope this is a not contentious question, although we might get heated. I might get heated. I'm already I'm heated about this one. Uh-oh, uh-oh. How do you feel about being in Titan Station versus the Ishimura from the original? Okay, I feel like I already know your opinion on this. <laughs> Because you spent the last five minutes talking about how much you love this game. But listen, I love Titan Station, okay? I love it. It's great. It's really cool. It's a lived-in world. It feels real. It feels fleshed out. But the Ishimura, I mean, I'm Team Ishimura. I'm sorry. Substantiate your claim. Because you just listed all the perfect things about Titan Station that said it above. Like, the fact that it's a lived-in place that you can, I don't know, like, maybe dream repeatedly about what it's like to live there. Uh, (laughs) Maybe sometimes act out scenes in your office. Like, you you live day-to-day there. But, yeah, go ahead. Make the case for the issue. Do you have a marker Rubik's Cube on your (laughs) desk at work? Yeah, just rearrange it, whisper to myself, you know how it is. (laughs) Very normal. Okay, the Ishimura... Okay, let me say, they both are lived in, and Visceral was very good at designing their sci-fi settings for the series to feel super lived in, really fleshed out. And Titan Station, like I said, it has tons of great locations, it has a lot of variety. Ishimura doesn't really have that as much, but what I love about the Ishimura is that it feels like a character as well as a setting okay if that makes any sense it does it does yeah titan station and because the nature of dead space 2 is like more more action heavy you go to all these really cool locations but you just kind of move through them and then like that's it you just move on to the next one whereas the ishimura as kind of annoying and maybe repetitive as like some of the backtracking can be i really got a sense of like understanding the space and being familiar with the ship and you fix like every single part of it so like it's yours by the end it's like it's your little baby (laughs) it's your little ship like you built it from the ground up pretty much you brought it back to life sort of and it's i don't know it's like a it's a character as well as a setting and titan station i think is just setting and it's really good but it doesn't have that extra little oomph for me you know i hadn't thought about it that way the treating the Ishimura like another character because you're right it's a it and I think this is an overused term maybe it's a go-to for horror settings but it is a very like oppressive environment where I mean literally like parts of the ship are just covered in flesh now that are trying to kill you and or the various systems that are failing that are trying to kill you (laughs) Uh, you mentioned in our in our first episode how it's shaped like a weird rib cage, and so it's just yeah. a sinister-looking thing floating out in space. So yeah, it, I would say you're right. It definitely has more character, or rather, it it's easier to imagine conceptually as a character. 
than Titan Station. I guess the thing that draws me to Titan Station is that even though, yeah, you go through it very quickly, like, if you want to, you can beat this game in, like, two hours, three hours, I think, if you really uh, were an epic gamer about it. But you can just, like, stop and look around, and there's just all these little bits of evidence that, yeah, like, someone, <laughs> like we said in the beginning, someone had their coffee break here, and you see yeah. a few spare spare styrofoam cups there's one cup that someone was clearly using there's a big fuck off red emergency button over there a poster multiple screens and this is in the beginning of the game when you're supposed to like haul ass through here you see a mall later on you see like churches a school i all joking aside it's not difficult to imagine what this place may have looked like with people just living their day-to-day -day lives which i think i i beat that horse to death in our first episode talking about the the baby room where yeah like yeah this is a place people work i guess this mm -hmm. is just a step further where this is a place that people also just lived yeah that's true the ishimura is like all work people are only there for a job yeah yeah i agree titan station yeah, it is better. I, I think... Well, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say you've convinced me. I do really love it. I, I think it's great. I just wish it had... I don't know. It's it's missing that little little something for me. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, I guess it doesn't have the... Hmm, I don't know. The environment on Titan Station doesn't play as much of a role as the environment on the Ishimura, would you say? Like, the Ishimura has... Oh, you have to go up to this giant asteroid that we have anchored in the mining bay or whatever and now go eject it. All right, now go run up to the targeting system and fix that or, or the agricultural sector of it. Like that really yeah. stands out to me. A good chunk of Titan Station is just like, oh, I'm in an apartment complex again. Yeah, I think Titan Station, I don't know, maybe we feel the opposite? Because you describing that where you think about like each specific section of the Ishimura that you remember, that's kind of how I feel about Titan Station where like I think about, okay, now here's the church and here's the school and then here's like, they're like segmented little areas. Whereas the Ishimura, I think like has a flow or, and this might be to its detriment for some people is that it kind of all looks the same. For the most part, there's like some standout areas, but it has like a flow, you know, where it's all connected and it's all like the same space. And I, I think, when I think about the Ishimura, I think about what I was doing as opposed to like where I was, like what room I was in. Okay, let's think about the school. I'm thinking about the school right now for some reason. My mind's on the, on the school. And I think it's cause like, it's one of the most colorful areas. It's very cheerful, it, like really stands out in my mind cause it's so different yeah. from a lot of the other areas. And I always, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, but what was I doing there? Like you're going through it kind of just like to look at it and to be like, this is a cool area, which it is, it's really cool. Yeah. And there's a lot to see. And like, if you stop, like you said, and look at like the stuff on the wall, there's like so much to notice about the world. That's really cool. But I don't know like, what I don't know what I was doing. What, why am I there? We're going there so that we can go somewhere else. Whereas on the Ishimura, like, even though all the tasks are kind of the same, you're always going to fix something. You always like had a goal for being in the space that you were in at that time. I think Does that makes sense. <laughs> I think you may have convinced me. Here, here here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say cuz I think you're entirely right. On the Ishimura, like you're going here to kill the dudes that are poisoning the air supply. You're going here to make sure we don't have a giant rock uh, dragging us down into orbit. 
in Dead Space 2, it is mostly, oops, my route got cut off. I need to run through this place really quick. And so I think you're right with Dead Space 1, you're thinking about what you're doing in those spots. And it is kind of the same space, just defined by what big piece of machinery you have to interact with in that area. I do think there's definitely some distinct areas like the baby room, the agriculture spot, but the game actually like forces you to stick around in those and like revisit them while Dead Space 2, if you're a speed demon, you, yeah, you don't really need to give a shit about this little break room that we're in. Aw, beloved break room. <laughs> yeah, that I totally didn't like just realize it was a cool place to hang out 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. ago. But I guess since I'm a weirdo and I do like to just randomly slow down and look at some of the areas in Titan Station, I enjoy Titan Station as a setting more maybe conceptually, like thinking about yeah. like, oh, like I'm imagining shit. But yeah, the Ishimura has some distinct things that you actually do, which uh, help set it apart. I don't know. Are we doing that podcast thing where we make the same point for 10 minutes? Because <laughs> I feel like you summed it up really well. You basically said what was going on in my tangled up brain, but I'm just clinging to Titan Station because I like it more. So No, it's great. And you're right that you could write a lot more fan fiction that take place on Titan Station as opposed to the Ishimura. If we're going by like opportunities to imagine like living there and like different characters and people being there. The potential I think is is a lot bigger. There's a lot more going on. And still they both have tons of shit going on. Like you could Yeah. The Ishimura is nothing to sneeze at. And I I'd say they're they're equal. Maybe even the Ishimura is better like objectively. I can just concede that I have a I have a soft spot for Titan Station because I do like the everyday aspect of settings, but the Ishimura uh, rocks my socks as well. Yeah, Titan Station rocks my socks too, so there. We didn't have to fight to the death. Yeah, we're sockless now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the Ishimura though, now, now, to, now to take a stab at it right away, just a, just oh, a backstab. No. Do you think its return in Dead Space 2 was warranted? Was it fan servicey, or did they handle it well? Oh or man, some, I just some <laughs> other opinion that you have. I, I don't want to limit you. I'm just throwing those out there. I just hyped the Ishimura up so much, and here right now I'm gonna like turn around and tear it to shreds. You're the backstabber. No, it's me, Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess me, Dana, in this. Oh, we'll get to her. <laughs> we'll get to the old Dana. It's weird playing this like immediately after playing Dead Space 1 because it's like when you get to the Ishimura, you're like, I was like literally just here like last week. <laughs> like it hasn't been three years for me. It hasn't been however many years between when the first and second game came out. Was it only two years between games? Um, oh God, we're hack frauds but yeah i think so yeah 2009 2011 but still like i could see like if you played the first game when that came out and then you waited and played the second game when that came out it would feel like really exciting and, and really cool because it had been a long time since you were there and maybe you hadn't played the first game you know in a while since the first time you played it and it's like this grand return and there's things that i do like about it i think it goes on a little too long it overstays its welcome where there's a stretch where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm literally just playing the first game <laughs> right now for like 20 minutes. 
am, like, ready to move on. I really like the entrance to it. I love the cleanup areas where everything's got that, like, white paper all over it or whatever that is, like, the sanitized yeah. areas. Like I think that's really cool. Yeah. And it's so quiet, and you just get, like, a chance to kind of kind of ruminate and think about the time that you had spent there and then it just goes on too long then you start finding necromorphs in there again and you're getting desanitized or sanitized or whatever in that room again twice i'm like okay let's let's get a move on here i'm i'm ready i'm ready to go okay so so you're of the opinion it was solid but you should probably chop out like 10 minutes of it. Yeah, trim the fat just like a okay. little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I, I can get behind that because I, yeah, I guess I don't really remember a whole lot of the, I don't know if you'd call it the second half of the Ishimura portion. I always love the beginning where there's no necromorphs at all. Yeah. Which is unsettling because you've spent the whole game getting jumped by them. So you're wondering, like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? I think that's a reflection of Isaac's, like, mental state where even if you took him and, like, plopped him in a perfectly safe location, he would probably just be jumpy as hell wondering, you know, when's a necromorph going to jump out? Even if any everything was scrubbed clean and looked normal, he would probably be looking at, like, looking around every corner, jumping in every shadow. But in this case, it's justified because apparently there's a small army of necromorphs that just all decided at once to hide until he got to a certain spot. <laughs> They're throwing him like a surprise welcome <laughs> back party. Yeah. yeah, welcome back, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's a, a cool, like, what is it, an analogy or something? I don't know. It's a reflection of his mental state. I mean, Nicole just straight up says, like, oh, you think you can cover up the the wounds with plastic and tape and all that, but I'm still yeah. here. Something to that effect. So it's a little ham-fisted, but I think, it's a, I think it's a cool metaphor, but yeah, they can probably cut it down. Yeah, I like that. I, I like when he gets like those flashbacks. He has like the tentacle flashback, oh, and you yeah. think it's real for a second. You're like trying to aim your gun and shoot and shit, but it's, it's not real, and then he like snaps out of it, and you're like, oh, oh, dang. <laughs> Because yeah. you're scared too, and I love I love the pacing of that part because you go through the hallway with like the little tunnel in it, and so you're thinking like, oh man, remember when I got dragged by a tentacle in here? Oh boy, and you're kind of looking at it like side-eyed, like, okay, is it gonna happen again? And like it doesn't, and then you leave, and then you come back, and then it hits you, and you're like, I knew it, but then it's not real. So you didn't really know it, but it's cool. It, it puts you and Isaac in like the same space, which you know I love. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> you do uh -oh. love mind melding with Isaac and being the same person for a little while and listening to him breathe. That has oh, been yeah. established. We'll talk about that more later. I have some thoughts. Ooh, okay. Okay. Um, so we mentioned Dana. I, yes. I wanted to go over the villains of this game with you and just, I wanted to pick your brain about how effective they are, both Dana and Tideman. Do you think they're, they're solid? I'll just assume that one might be a little bit better than the other in your eyes, but I'll, I'll give you the floor. Okay. Dana, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's only in the game for like 30 minutes, and she really doesn't leave an impression. 
she's like they just speed ran the Kendra betrayal. Yeah. And they cut it down to 30 minutes instead of like 12 hours. You have no connection to her, and she's not nice. <laughs> she's like rude. Yeah. Well, so like, what I, happened? I don't... Like, why, why are you not going the right way? <laughs> well, damn, Dana. What do you think? There's necromorphs <laughs> everywhere. And she's like mad at you that like Franco died. But Isaac's like, I just woke up here. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Well, that's like, what? Her, that's her brother. You know, she's allowed to be a little irrationally angry. I guess so. I'll allow it. Okay. I'm sorry, Dana. I apologize. She's just, she doesn't really do enough. She doesn't have enough time, really. Maybe the game does Dana dirty. I don't know. And then she's gone. Yeah, maybe we can take some of the time away from the Ishimura and give it to Dana. (laughs) Yeah. She, like, refuses to even look at Isaac for her one cutscene with him, like, in person. (laughs) She just keeps her back to him. Speaks. Yeah, she's monologuing yeah. dramatically. <laughs> yeah, she does the fucking monologue. And it's not even a good one like Mercer. Um, it's no, just, she's not unhinged enough. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, haha, we've captured you to build more markers. And then she gets ripped apart by a machine gun on a, on a ship. Yeah. She's so generic. She does, like, the anime thing where, first of all, yeah, she does a monologue and doesn't look at you. Then when she does, she, like, touches his face. It's so weird. I'm like, why are you being so dramatic and at the same time so cliche? And then she exits the store and we never think about her again, so. Yeah, well, too bad, Dina. Although she is in another game, I think, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, okay. But for now, Tideman. It's the Tideman Tideman Hype Hour. Or is it? Tideman Hype Hour. Uh Uh-oh, you've given the game away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, okay. If someone's listening right now, uh, (laughs) spoilers are (laughs) over. We're talking about Tideman. He's bad. Yeah. Just in case you weren't aware, Tideman's a little mean. (laughs) He happens to be a villain. He... I'm sorry. (laughs) What? I just... Tideman Hype Hour canceled? (laughs) <laughs> I'm no. sorry, I'm canceling I've it. I printed all these invitations. Dead on arrival. <laughs> no, are you are you for real? We might this I, might be our no, battle. This might be our We're battle. We're beefing. Okay. All right. We're fighting for the heart and soul of Titan Station and its <laughs> glorious leader Tideman. Okay, listen. Let me state my case for like the vast majority of the game. He's so boring. He just He's he's also generic. He sometimes calls you on the phone and he's like, I'll get you, Clark. <laughs> aha, you think you've made it, Clark, but I, aha. I, and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Who are you? I don't know you. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> like, leave me alone. And he's not like as fun as Mercer. If Mercer were chasing me around and called me on the phone and was like, ha I'll get you, then I, then I'd be having a good time. But like, I don't know, Tideman's so like self-serious. He doesn't seem like he's having fun. <laughs> Therefore, I am not having fun. That's why I like him so much is because he is oh. so agonizingly by the book. Like, yeah, you, he is. Like you see. The stuff on, I guess you would say, the television, the broadcasts that are saying, like, Isaac Clark and Nolan Strauss are wanted fugitives. And you can hear them on the, on the comms or whatever the hell. I should just say the radio. Who cares? It's space. He's on the space <laughs> radio. Oh, yeah. Eliminate the key subjects. And then, like, he, like you said, he calls you up and he does shit like, Greetings, Clark. I'm shutting off the life support now. 
Goodbye. I hope this email finds you before I do. I'm chopping the whole station in half. And it's just stuff like that where I'm like, oh, Tideman. And like the, it makes the moments where he loses his cool and starts yelling at you more impactful for me to where he has that. I know he's like a villain because he is putting the marker and the research around it on a pedestal compared to the lives of the millions or or maybe it's hundreds of thousands. Regardless, there's a shit ton of people living on this rock. And he he straight up says that the marker research is worth every single life lost. Yeah. But he's he's not like unhinged evil like Mercer. And I don't think he's a sadist. I think he is truly like deluded by his like higher cause or whatever his orders that he's following and so i think he's a nice change of pace from a villain that is hallucinating or or is a religious extremist he's just a dude trying to get the job done the job in parentheses killing everyone to obtain an alien (laughs) artifact Uh, but I, i think he's a he's a fun change of pace and i do like how serious and by the book he is yeah he is very different it definitely sets him apart I, ooh, okay, I'm going to push back a little bit or maybe ask some questions. You're going to punch me. All right, do it. I'm, I'm going to punch you and then ask questions after <laughs> while you're recovering. Punch first, ask questions later. <laughs> maybe I will defend him like a smidge here because, but this also frustrates me about him because he's boring to me for like the first 10 hours and then in the last like 10 minutes, they like dump all these text logs on you if you'd like choose to pick them up and read them that start characterizing him as like, he had like his heart in the right place. Like he's just trying to do what's best to like run Titan station, like efficiently and like not waste humanity's precious resources, um, which are already like super scarce. And it makes him seem like, okay, he was like trying to do some good here. And he like went against the church's orders and evacuated everyone when the outbreak started and they were like pissed about that. So like he was trying to save people and I'm like, okay, so like maybe he's not so bad. But then literally 30 seconds later, you get to the end and he's like, every life lost was worth it. I'm like, what? I, I, I don't even know if he knows what he thinks. Well, I, I mean, that could be that could be a fair interpretation. Like he's conflicted. I think he represents like someone who thinks the system can be changed from the inside Mm, but like he's at the end of the day like the system is still killing people and so i think it's just that dissonance of i'm i'm being society's exemplary like guy that keeps order and keeps things efficient and I'm doing I'm doing what I'm ordered to do. Oopsie, some of those orders include killing people. Uh, Whoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. He's just kind of like a cop in in my eyes. Yeah. Where yeah. Where like some of <laughs> and you does, love him. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I like him as a villain. I think he's a fun villain. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like woohoo. I wish Tideman survived <laughs> at the end because no, he sucks. <laughs> but he's somebody who. And I think this is true for all good villains, is that they think they're doing something good, or they're doing something useful in some degree. Even Mercer was a religious fanatic who thought he was bringing about basically, like, the end of days, like a religious thing that needed to happen. 
Dana yeah. feels like a lazy mustache twirl. Like you said, she fucking like rubs your face and is like, oh, yeah. I have you, my pretty. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, like if I were Tideman, I would do shit like, oh, I, I couldn't help but notice you're in the giant blender room. Goodbye, Clark. I'm turning the blender on. <laughs> Like, that's, that's funny. That's objectively funny. It is funny. <laughs> You're making me like him more, and I'm mad about it. And I, doesn't he, like, declare Isaac, like, dead in the system to stop him from getting somewhere? I, I think he does. Yeah, it, it's, like, little details like that where it shows he's, a like, a, a thinking villain, which is something I think is very rare sometimes, where they just do unhinged shit that doesn't make sense. Not that he, realistically speaking, he should have just pulled the plug and let everybody asphyxiate if you really wanted to kill Isaac. <laughs> but it's that part where he wanted to save people, too. So maybe that stayed his hand a little bit. Yeah, that's true. A, <laughs> a character with nuance? What the fuck's happening? No, no, no. In my dead space. How dare you? There's a call near the end, and you know what? Okay, maybe I'll change my tune a little bit. He made me laugh. There's a call near the end when you let, when you like shut the security off. <laughs> I know the sector. call you're you let, talking about. You let all the necromorphs in. He's like, you've compromised the compound, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> the cracks. He's got the cracks <laughs> showing. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. Top 10 all pranks right. gone wrong. I compromised <laughs> the compound. Tideman's pissed. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah, yeah. He, I think that's like one of the few times he finally like resorts to a personal insult. Most of it is like, there's no way you are getting off this station alive. Just give up, please. And, and that's it. Yeah, his professionalism cracks. I wish, like, I like the conflicted stuff in theory. I don't like that it's, like, crammed into an optional reading at the last, like, ten minutes. But then, if you put it, like, in the game earlier, it also kind of wouldn't work, because then, like, if we sympathize with him a little bit, like, why wouldn't Isaac sympathize with him or try to talk to him because he talks? So, yeah, it's probably better to just not. I get it. I mean, I guess you could have it be a bit more begrudging, because he's very distant. He is just like, hey, just a heads up, you're dead. You, <laughs> Again. You, yeah, you should probably give up, please. Uh, maybe if they do decide to give this the remake treatment, Ooh. either they're going to make him into more of a dickbag, or maybe he, I don't know, he is more begrudging and says, like, sorry, I have to do this, but you're too much of a risk. You're too much of a liability. Because, I mean, Isaac is a risk to the to the research. Like, he's one of the few people that has destroyed aim. Or he's the only person that's destroyed a marker. And he'll do it again unless you yeah. get him killed. And so <laughs> if he truly believes that the marker is worth protecting at all costs... Yeah, you probably should kill the guy who's who's the only person who's destroyed one before. That's true. And I did complain with the first remake. I'm inconsistent now as a character. Uh-oh. I complained <laughs> that, like, everyone was kind of too nice. So maybe, like, if they made Tideman a little more nice, I, I'd like him even less. I don't know what I want. What do I want? Yeah, neither does Tideman. He doesn't know what he wants. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I do agree, though, that they should have it in the like actual interactions more than the logs speaking of the logs i'm very disappointed that the like over was it the overseer is that the character's name he shows yeah. up in like one log in this and he's in the second dead space movie 
but he goes nowhere. But apparently he was grilling Tideman for how he handled things on Titan Station. Yeah, you read one of his emails, and it's, like, kind of spooky. Yeah. Because it's kind of out of nowhere, and you and you never were under the impression that Tideman, like, had a boss until then. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. And then, yeah, nothing. And don't watch the second Dead Space movie. <laughs> watch it, watch don't, it. It rules. Don't watch it, it for the overseer. <laughs> you, no. oh, God. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna dive into that then, cause okay. Do you think that too much of the lore from these games or from this franchise, I should say, because we're gonna leave the games a little bit. Um, do you think too much of the lore and too much of the story is spread out? I feel like the late two thousands and like early tens had this obsession with like we need a graphic novel or a comic, we need an ARG website. We need spin-off titles that are just for the Wii. And so if you want like the full picture of Dead Space, you have to be dedicated. You have to track down two movies, the spin-off games, all that stuff. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts and that, on that? First of all, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I hear some of the spin-offs are good, like games. I hear some of them are good. So maybe do that. But, like, the movies will hurt you. The books, they will hurt you. Oh, I didn't even think it's... about the books. I blocked that out of my uh, memory. <laughs> it's, it's not... It, it's, okay, it's worth it for a laugh, like, with your friends. <laughs> it's worth a laugh. <laughs> like, especially the second film is so unhinged in a way I've, like, never encountered before in a piece of media. It's fascinating to me. But, like, it's not good. And, like, even if you're trying to look for, like, that lore and information, it just gets so swallowed up by, like, this disgusting, <laughs> horrible CG that you're looking at. Well, there's one oh. part that isn't really bad CG. Yeah, there's, like, five distinct art styles. It, the concept is cool, the CG one is gross, and the rest are fine, but they're also weird. There's one anime it's, portion. That's what I. <laughs> that's the one part that I find aesthetically pleasing is the one where it's anime and Nolan Strauss looks shredded out of his mind. He has like an eight pack. He's like having sex. <laughs> oh oh god. god, they put sex in Dead Space. No, no. <laughs> oh. It's nothing sacred. It's nothing I have to sacred. actually answer your question about it being spread out. Uh, do I think any of it's really essential? No, I don't think so. I don't think, like, I think if you just played the games, you, like, you'd probably have a lot of questions. You'd probably be kind of confused. And I don't really think that that's, like, a bad thing. And I also don't think that the spin-off media explains everything. And I also think sometimes the answers uh, are worse than just what you would come up with, like, in your imagination. Okay. That's my really long, convoluted answer about that. I don't think that's convoluted at all. You're basically saying that, you know, sometimes it's good to let the audience wonder things. One of the issues I have is that I've, so I've read the first book. I've read Martyr. I've, I've watched the two movies. Oh, yeah. I've spent an unhealthy amount of time on the wiki because I can't be <laughs> asked to play through Dead Space 2 every time I want to look at all the logs. And so I have trouble remembering what parts of the franchise or what information I have is from which game or which thing. Like, I know in my head that the markers guided human evolution 
and like that's why they're so good at manipulating our DNA or whatever. I don't remember where they say that in the franchise, but I know yeah, but I know that's a thing that happens. It's not in this one. It might be in three, but I repressed all memories, so Oh my god. The <laughs> Dead Space Three is gonna be a wild episode if it ever happens. It'll happen. It'll happen. It'll definitely happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> um, but that, I guess that's an issue that I have because, like, I was watching somebody stream uh, the remake and they had some lore questions and I couldn't for the life of me, like, remember what was spoilers and what was not spoilers. Like, even the name Dead Space has two separate meanings, I think, based on where you're at in the series. Because oh. I think in... The first movie, the dead space refers to the area around the marker that the that the necromorphs can't get close to. Oh right, yeah. But then I believe in Dead Space Three, what's the scientist named Serrano? He he yeah. refers to areas of space where there's like no life as dead space and then you're supposed to point at the camera and say, Look, oh, you said the line. Ah and so it, it gets for me, it gets muddled, and I'm caught between wanting to be, like, a huge fan and play all the spinoffs and all the DLC and everything, but sometimes the the experience just feels more pure if you just play one and two, and maybe yeah. three if you're hammered. <laughs> yeah, I think I would agree. And even, um, even the movie, the first movie's meaning of Dead Space, isn't that contradicted in the end of Dead Space 2, where, like, all the necromorphs are crowding around the base of the giant marker? Yeah, or in... Isn't it contradicted in 1, because the necromorphs go next to the marker just fine when you're scooting oh, yeah. it around? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Uh... I love the franchise, I love Dead Space, but, yeah, there's a lot of contradictory lore floating around yeah <laughs> i don't know do you uh, i uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, i'm thinking about the spin-off media is all i can say is <laughs> well, okay lore aside i wanted to ask about the individual spin-off games or dlc like do you have any interest in let's say dead space extraction which is an on the rails shooter yeah, I actually am interested in Dead Space Extraction, and I haven't played it yet, but I hear that it's not bad and actually pretty good. Yeah, there's a mobile game too, isn't there? There is, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that is solid. There's one that I'm really iffy on, like I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have the strength. Uh, Dead Space Ignition has the puzzles. It's a puzzle what kind game. of puzzles? It's, it's just a puzzle game. Rubik's Cube? I it, Okay, I don't know if it's Rubik's Cubes, <laughs> but it is, it, it's described as a horror puzzle game. Huh. Which, like, <laughs> jigsaw puzzle? I don't know. I'm a hack fraud. Puzzle? I didn't look up, like, gameplay footage. Because what if I play it? I don't want any spoilers, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you make a puzzle game horrifying, but yeah. And then there's I don't know. And then there's DLC for this. There's uh, Dead Space 2 Severed. I haven't played that, but there's DLC for Dead Space 2 that I haven't checked out. Wow, your favorite game of all time, well, and yet... Apparently it's for... I want to say you can only get the DLC for 
console, which I'm sure if I did some extra legal snooping, perhaps I could find a workaround, but I would never <laughs> do that. I, I, I genuinely would love to purchase it if it's floating around on PC. And if it is on PC, I'll delete this whole fucking section so no one will know that I'm a buffoon. Nice. <laughs> the great cover-up. <laughs> I haven't played it either, so I am also a fake fan. Yeah. I just never, it never really appealed to me because you don't play as Isaac. So, and I haven't heard it was like that good. So it doesn't interest me like Ignition does. I'm not, um, the on the rail stuff doesn't bother me to go back to, wait, was that Ignition or was that? Ignition's the puzzle game. Oh, never so, mind. So never yeah, mind. You, do, you do puzzle game. I'll go play Extraction. <laughs> okay, I'll play my little puzzles. <laughs> We'll have the spin-off episode. Oh shit. <laughs> so back to the back to the main game though. Do you think Dead Space 2 was a step in the right direction? Because I do know that some people like to say that Dead Space 1 nails the horror. Dead Space 3 is way more action. Do you think Dead Space 2 blends the two effectively, or do you think it goes too far action? Is it is it good? What do you think on that front? I think it blends it well. And I I don't totally agree with people who say that the first game is like pure horror, like whatever that even means, because like you're shooting guys like the whole time. Is that not action? Is that not I an mean, action I mean, thing? that is that is action. I think maybe they're referring to the fact that it is a slower, oh, dare I say clunkier, <laughs> game ah. and so there's a bit more tension where in this one you can kind of become action hero man and kill That's the shit true. out of everything and you you can kill you can run past stuff in this especially in the end like you kind of have to like run past a lot of stuff and there's the big action set pieces in this which personally i love so i think yeah i think it, it went in the right direction i think adding more action in makes sense when they're expanding the world to be now not just a ship but like a whole station i think if it kept that same slow pacing the entire time it might get a little stale i don't know how you would be able to like keep up the tension through like a, a whole nother game without like adding something a little spicier yeah a little action yeah i feel that i guess i guess with Dead Space 1, it's a haunted house, and occasionally you get mugged in it. And then in <laughs> Dead Space 2, the house is on fire, and there's, like, explosions going off every other room. Oh. I, I guess that would be my comparison. And I think that's <laughs> badass. I think that rules. Yeah. So I, I think that's why I like Dead Space 2 more, because, yeah, when, when people make that argument that, like, Dead Space 1, oh, it's pure horror it's fantastic you're right you are still just killing dudes like i can still just blow something up if it scares me too much yeah <laughs> yeah i i'm in i'm a solid dead space tour yeah i really like it and i like even the quick time events and stuff i like and there's not there's not really that many and i don't think they really hold the game back in any way it's just like a different type of thrill for like a little bit and then you get back to you know stomping around and shooting guys yeah i think it's cool they they like highlight the experience for me yeah accentuate like I'll, I'll use yes. my fancy words 
Would you consider the eye scene a quick time event? <laughs> no, because it's not quick. I mean, you can go it's quick. slow. You can go fast. No! I've, I've... I tried. <laughs> I, Let me get this It didn't over. end well. For, for those listening, there is a... And, and that aren't familiar with Dead Space 2, there's a scene where, for some wacky reason, Isaac needs to stick a giant needle into his eyeball, and he has to guide the needle like through some weird targeting system and if you screw it up the needle like i mean it's still jamming into his brain i think even if you're successful but if you do it wrong you yeah. die horribly yeah if you do it wrong it goes to the wrong part of his brain the the death part and you die instantly yeah you want to go to the, not the good you want to go to the space part of his brain <laughs> yeah <laughs> yuck i i love that scene it's very scary um, you're right that I don't know what's going on or why we're there, but as a little <laughs> event, it's really effective. It's it's gross and it's a different type of horror than you have encountered in like any other part of the whole franchise. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, I I really like it. It's very unique. It's very unique. I will say maybe the visuals have not aged gracefully. <laughs> because like I know they're holding his eyes open, but like. Them eyes are about to pop out of oh. his sockets. Like he is so bug-eyed, and his little like teeth are clacking together. His little plastic teeth, his little polygon <laughs> lips. Like it just looks kind of funny. Like when they're so zoomed in on his face. Damn. For the time, I'm I'm sure it was great. It just is a little. It's a little goofy now. It's definitely. It's definitely more of a psychological thing. Like when you. At least when I watch it and I see someone screw up, I'm more like, ah, ha, ha, like you, you screwed it up, you're stressed out, ha, ha, I mean, but <laughs> you're not like gross out. Like when the when the robot arm jams the needle like into his socket and he's dying, like the the blood that's flying out clips through shit weird. I think if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, it's just not. It's like the big foamy blood. Yeah, yeah, it's not that nasty. It's just. You get a lot more nervous when you're the one playing, though, because, yeah, it's just a fucked up situation you're in where, like, all right, I'm putting a needle in my own eyeball now. Yeah, it's creepy, and she's doing that, like, creepy rhyme. She's whispering it in your ear, and his, like, heartbeat monitor is on. It's really loud. And, like, as you get the needle closer, like, his heartbeat, like, gets way faster, and it's freaky. Yeah. It's cool. Weird that he doesn't stay calm. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. kind of a loser, yeah. this guy. I'm a little different. I stick a needle in my eye every day. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that you don't know why you're there, though, because yeah. uh, as much of a as much of a fan as I am of this game, I do feel like sometimes the marker and like the necromorphs act kind of contradictory to like their goals, and that's that's one of the moments where I'm like, why is Nicole in Isaac's brain? leading him to this machine why not guide him to another one of tideman's wacky little traps and have him get killed there yeah it's super unclear and i tried to pay extra attention this time because i remember (laughs) the first time i played it last year i remember being so confused and so this time i was like okay i'm actually gonna like pay attention to what's going on i'm gonna write my little notes down and try to figure out what's going on, and it's still, like, incomprehensible. (laughs) 
I, and it's it's really funny too because Isaac also the whole time is like, what am I doing? Like, where am I going? What's going on? I even looked at his little his little diary in like that last like chapter 14, and he says in there too, he's like, I don't really know why I'm doing this, but <laughs> I guess I will. <laughs> like, what is up? He doesn't know, and which. Okay, as a certified Isaac freak, I love that he and I both don't know what's going on. So there's an argument to be made ooh, that it's really immersive because no one knows what's happening. But it does make you lose a little bit of motivation, I think, because you don't know what your goal is. It's a little immersive, but I still want it to make sense from the from the side of the marker and like the necromorphs yeah. like the big reveal at the end is like oh nicole's hallucination isn't there to help you you know shocker because it's been trying to kill you yeah. for a good chunk of the game too but after you do the eye poke thing and some self-searching you start to think like oh isaac and nicole can team up even though it's not really nicole like whatever part of his brain is hallucinating her he can pull this off and then the hallucination just says i'm gonna kill you in your brain now i'm gonna invade your little mind palace and you're gonna have a battle inside your brain yeah to kill yourself which why not do that sooner why wait yeah. till this point i don't know yeah i'm confused about that too like why does it have to be like at the base of the marker like why can't they kill him way over there and then you know one of the little snake guys can drag him over <laughs> like does he have does it have to be <laughs> right there that he like yeah does it have to be right there it doesn't have to be that he kills himself because that's not true for everyone else like some of them do like unitologists do but like people who just get killed by necromorphs and then turned into necromorphs like that works fine for them i don't know i don't get it now i feel like i'm really ripping on the series because no cause, i love it i know because if if i were a marker if i were a <laughs> giant monolithic thing that was built I'd, I'd let humanity build a few more of me before I go fucko mode and try to turn everyone into a giant meatball. Yeah, do you find... How did the... I have more questions. <laughs> how did the outbreak start in Dead Space 2? Apparently that's covered in one of the side games. Uh, someone gets <sighs> tricked into destroying some of... I, I want to say it's like some of the safeguards that were protecting the research facility on Titan Station, and so the research area gets compromised, people start getting reanimated, and then it just rapidly snowballs out of control, which brings you to, like, the beginning of Dead Space 2, where you're in the opening stages of the outbreak. Gotcha. It's surprising to me that they don't even, like, hint really at what happened in this game. I guess they really expected that you had played the side game. Either you played it or you don't care and you're just like, oh, Isaac Clark, it's time to go. Yeah, like if you don't think about it, it's it's really fine. Like the game is so solid. But then when do you try to start piecing it together like you did with the first game, then you see like all the cracks, things that don't make sense. Which is a shame because I, I do enjoy this game a ton. And I, but I also like picking things apart and getting into the nitty gritty, and that's when it starts yeah. to it starts to get a little iffy. When you were saying that like the lore is spread out, then yes, now now I I understand now that we've talked through it. 
yeah, I think I I agree. They should have put more of it in the actual mainline game and not expected you to go searching through the side games. And I understand why, because like EA wants money, blah blah blah. Go buy all the side content. But yeah, it was to the detriment of the mainline game. I think. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, it just forces you to find it on the internet a decade later. Take that, yeah. EA. <laughs> ha, for free. Yeah, I'll just ha. wait you out until it's public domain, and then I'll download it from the Library of Congress, idiot. Yeah, <laughs> you idiot. Do you think that'll, yeah, sorry, that's a little bit of Tideman coming out of me. Well, okay, we need, some, we need some levity here. What's your favorite part of the game? Oh, I love when you have to go fix the solar array, and so you're flying out in space. I love, I, <laughs> I discovered this as we were talking about these games, as I just love flying in space. I love it. It's so quiet out there. It's, like, super peaceful. There's not loud machinery or, like, necromorphs screaming in your ear. Like, you just get time to, like, chill. Except, I mean, you're, like, running out of oxygen, so you can't, like, super say, chill. I was gonna say, like, when I'm in space, I'm just thinking, I gotta get this done because I'm asphyxiating. I need to get this over. No. No. They, well, they put the oxygen containers, like, everywhere. Like, the refill stations. There's so many. And they glow, like, bright green. So, like, you're fine. I really love that part. There is one, like, really spooky part because when you first go out there, immediately in front of your view is one of the arrays that needs to be fixed. So, like, you just kind of go straight for it. You don't, like, maybe you look around, like, a little bit, but like you said, like, you're on a mission, so you're like, okay, what's this? I'm going to investigate, try to figure out what I need to do. And so for me, this happened both times that I played it where I was just flying around, having a good time, and all of a sudden, like, here come these red fishies, <laughs> like, all of a sudden, all up in the screen, like, coming behind me, and I'm like, whoa? And so then you'd, like, turn around, because you're like, I thought I was alone out here. And then there's, like, this giant growth there shooting, like, these things at you. And I think that that's really effective, and it's super creepy, because it's so quiet, and you don't hear them coming, and then just, like, there they are, and you're like, oh, something's out here with me. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, it, I love uh, it. Yeah, and I think that can be said for a lot of the the zero-G environments, or, or not just zero-G, but also there's no oxygen, where you do, like, relax a bit, because you're like, ah, industrial hell is behind me, and the, and the screams <laughs> of the dead are behind me. You just can't hear them. They're still screaming and trying to kill you. You just can't hear it. Yeah, you're just covering your ears and saying la 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 la. Yeah, floating it's around. Fine. Um, you mentioned that growth out there. If you look really closely at it, that's just a that's just a lady. If you if you look closely, you can definitely make out like the human shape on it. It's just like she's gigantic. Oh. Yeah. That was pointed out to me Whoa. and it really fucked with me. I was like, how the fuck did this happen? This is disgusting. That's wild. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go take a look. Ew. Yeah. That's gross. Normally, when I get that close to it, I'm just, like, picking up the little semiconductor <laughs> and then leaving, well, yeah, not looking. Running out of oxygen. Do you know what my favorite part of this game is? Um, Go ahead. Just say it. You know it already. Do I? You do. I don't just, know. just fire off You're the, putting me on the spot. Fire off the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, wait. It's a church. It's no, a church. it's a school. What? Oh, what? Yeah. I, I thought you loved the church because you love, like, thinking about unitology. Okay. I feel like I'm being typecast right now. Just because I repeatedly <laughs> said the unitologists were right, to an extent, to an extent, <laughs> yeah. suddenly I'm the unitology cannibal guy. 
Now you're trying to backtrack and oh, I'm actually super nice and I love the nice school yeah. and I, I love that. My PR person told me I really need to <laughs> ditch the unitology cannibal uh, <laughs> allegations. I can't let those win. Yeah. But no, I think the school and I do like the church too. I can I can yak about the church as well. But the school exemplifies the whole if you slow down and look at the stuff around you, this is a very lived in world. As someone who's yeah. worked in schools quite a bit and went through a school all the way, I made it through <laughs> school, I'll have you know, because I can hear well. people typing right now. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. Like, there's cheesy little things posted everywhere. There's kids' artwork. It's just super cute. There are some, like, really somber, like, world-building things going on, too, in the school, like a list of extinct animals that oh, are no. I think they're yeah and it's like orangutans and like other shit that I'd be devastated if they were gone in real life but it's like yeah if humanity's using up all their resources we're probably gonna lose a, a bunch of iconic endangered animals and then kids would learn about yeah. them later on in life because we have like the internet and all the records of them would be digitized yeah I noticed one thing like that uh, I did I stopped one time to look at things <laughs> And I was the looking, there was game? like, a, <laughs> I'm running for my life. Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> just a little guy. I just I, I stopped to read about the orangutans. Man. I stopped to look at like this bulletin board and they had a um, drawing of the solar system. Yeah. And you know, it had like Titan Station, like here we are over here. And then the little drawing of Earth, it's like you can see the green continents, you can see some blue, but then you can see like a lot of brown, oh. like where the ocean would be. I'm like, oh, I, yeah, because they're using up all their resources. I did not notice that. I'll have to, I'll have to go back on my twentieth playthrough and check that out. <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, like you said, like there's so much you can pick out that you wouldn't notice even on like a twentieth playthrough. Like there's so much. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I and I feel the same way about like the mall. Like every time I play through and I'm not rushing through the game, I, I like to just take a stroll through the mall area and see the different products that they have in the displays and think about like, hey, people chilled here on their weekends. They would just go out for lunch and shit. And so, I don't know, yeah. I, I love it. I also enjoy the church. It gets a little goofy with the indoctrination room, which is labeled <laughs> as such. <laughs> That's the one blemish. It's awesome. <laughs> and there's like that there's like that log you can read where it's like, okay, don't take tourists to the indoctrination room like right away. Like don't let them see that until they've like joined and paid us money. Yeah, like okay, I get that it's a Scientology analogy with like paid tiers of access to information, but yeah, I don't think they have just a giant sign that says indoctrination room. Indoctrination in process. Do not enter. <laughs> It's so funny. And when you go in there, there's like that that dead body like in one of the indoctrination like chairs where they watch the little screen and you can like read his report and it's like gullibility level <laughs> not high. This guy's not recommended for indoctrination. Yeah. Get, <laughs> okay. get 20 bucks from him and then kick him out. Yeah. It's a little on the nose. I wonder what the <laughs> message is here, but hmm. Yeah, but even with that, like, that being said, there's a gift store, there's, like, a, 
a kind of guided tour where there's different little stations that will speak to you about the history of Titan yeah. Station and the history of the church there. I still remember that the stained glass there is made from like the sand of the moon Titan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really cool and it's like believable. Like yeah, if you had a church here, they'd probably have a bunch of cheesy ass factoids that they'd bombard you with to get you to buy oh, merch. Oh, they definitely would. Yep, in the gift store. You know what I noticed about the church this time around? The masks. Well, yes, besides the masks, we can talk about the masks too because I don't know what's <laughs> going on with that. But I noticed, you know, the color scheme is like all like blue, teal, and like green in there. Yeah. You know, it's like very calming. But I thought about how that's also the color that your health bar is at when you're at like full health. So like color association especially because if you read the logs they're like especially targeting like the working class people right to join the church and i i think i like wonder if it was an intentional to like associate this blue color meaning like full health and like happiness or whatever with the church and people will just associate it because that's like what human brains do oh i don't know maybe cool cool if true yeah i don't know yeah. I, I mean, it could be. I do know that greens and blues are just naturally relaxing to the human eye. Um, yeah, I yes. took a I took a environmental psychology course, and they told me Whoa. told me green good, blue also good, running water good, and that's basically what <laughs> I took from that nine week course. But yeah, nice. yeah, maybe that that could be it. But yeah, what the fuck's going on with the masks? If someone listening to this right now can tell us why there are golden masks for sale in the unitology church on titan station yeah get back to it get back to me on twitter track me down good yeah luck. i don't understand it and they're like on some of the statues too that you see in like the main like mezzanine area and i thought when i first played it that that was like gonna be like a guy that showed up <laughs> Or something. We would see something like that later, but no, you really see nothing of it, and you never learn anything about it. Wait, you never like what is? You what never is got it? to the gold mask necromorph. Wait, what? Yeah. No, so it's lying. like you know the Pang switcheroo room, like where you have to rearrange yeah. the. So if you, God, man, what, what the fuck's the word? If you invert it, if or no, if you turn the Pang, like pattern upside down. Um, you'll get to a room, and then in that room you'll realize I've been lying to you for the past minute. I just made it up. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. You're wearing the mask yeah, right now. I'm evil. I'm evil. <laughs> but, but yeah, wow. that should have showed up at some point. <laughs> oh, speaking of things that should have showed up more, you know the necromorph that attacks you in the church with the giant like baby tongue? Yeah. I wish we'd gotten more of that thing. Yeah, it never shows up again. What is that? Yeah, so, I mean, I didn't really have a whole lot to say about it other than, what the hell, I want to see more of that <laughs> thing. I guess it's, we had a lot of giant bipedal thing with a tongue lash, I guess, because you do get jumped by a few of those throughout the game, but I don't think it's that exact same model. No, it's not, because the other ones, they have a lot more bones. This one's, like, fleshy. Yeah, maybe it... 
maybe it's the main antagonist of a book and they couldn't kill it off. Oh, it's God. too crucial. Yeah. Too crucial. <laughs> Isaac can't kill that thing off. It shows up in the third book. Little Easter egg for the fans, the real fans. <laughs> yeah, the dead spacers out there. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of questions about stuff going on in the church. That's never explained. For all the stuff that they explain, a lot of that just it goes nowhere. And I'm intrigued. Yeah, it gives you so many questions. This game, like, is the perfect mix of answers and questions for me. And so it kills yeah. me where it all headed. Yeah, We'll no. talk about that later. We can talk about that in a different uh, episode. <laughs> think about the happy times yeah, well, now. It's fine. We're, we're still in Dead Space 2. Happy, happy, happy. Um, we talked about the villains. What about the supporting cast? How do we feel about Ellie? Oh. How do we feel about Strauss? You can flip the order on that if you want. How do we feel about our little our little pog champs that accompany us on yeah. our journey? Our little our zumbinis. <laughs> we are no longer just one zumbini. We've got two other zumbinis with us. <laughs> I love them. I think they're both really great. Ellie's probably better. I mean, she has like more to do and she doesn't go insane and like try to kill you, which is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Props to her for yeah, that. She's a real one for that. <laughs> Not trying to kill you. <laughs> I really love them. I think they're both incredible. I think I said that already, but I I just love them. I love them. I love Strauss. He's this he's goofy little guy. I mean, he's fucked up and he's been through it. But like, I want to help that guy, and it makes me sad what happens to him. But he's cool. It's it's interesting to see like here's what could have happened to Isaac. Yeah. Like if he maybe would have been there a little longer or something else went wrong, he could have ended up just like this guy and that's kind of freaky to see. Or like if he keeps going down this path, talking to Nicole, he could end up like this. I, I really like thinking about that. And then Ellie's just like a badass and she rules and I love her and she's incredible. And she's so funny. I think she's so well acted as well. Both of them are, but like she really stands out to me. She rules. Yeah, yeah, they're both... They're both excellent. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly on the Strauss thing, that he's basically either a, a glimpse into an alternate path, or is he just a glimpse into the future, and it's inevitable that Isaac will end up like him. I think that's kind of the... Yeah. You have to wonder that, like, okay, can I avoid that, or am I just... Is that the path I'm about to tread? Strauss also a bit of a character in the, in the movie. <laughs> Uh, I just, I, uh, I, uh, I cannot. It's so crazy that Strauss, canonically, is a bit of a, he's got the Riz, you know, the Nolan Strauss Riz, yeah. I think he also kills his wife and child, so a bit of an L, (laughs) otherwise spotless Uh. record, but yeah, without giving too much away, I think uh, Strauss is a wonderful character and uh it is a shame what happens to him ellie absolutely kicks ass and i think she has her shit together more than isaac which is nice to have that frame of reference like isaac's kicking ass but he is not well he's not doing so hot and through most of the game i would say ellie is your is your every man caught in the chaos yeah she's kind of what you were in the first game, although he was still messed up in the first game, but kind of what you felt that you were maybe in the first game, just going through it, like working man, working class. But she's way more badass. Yeah, she is. Than you could ever be. <laughs> yeah, she is. Like she's 
shit-talking necromorphs and has barricaded herself into an area and is just gunning them down when you first meet her. She also... Yeah. Spoiler alert for Ellie lovers, but she gets her (laughs) eye stabbed out by Strauss and she just keeps going. She just keeps throwing down with them. Like, holy shit, she rules. (laughs) Yeah, she takes it like a champ. She slaps a Band-Aid on it (laughs) and, like, it's fine. You just pop a... (laughs) Let me pop a tissue into my eye socket and keep going here. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're like squirming about having to stick a needle in Isaac's <laughs> eye. Like, ooh, this is so terrible. She like lost the whole thing to his screwdriver. Well, I think Isaac, like, <laughs> the needle's going into his brain eventually. Well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite moments for Ellie is actually, she's got two really good moments for me. Uh, one is when she first starts fighting Strauss, and they're, like, fighting during one of their calls with you. And instead of, like, the generic, like, Isaac, please save me, she's just screaming at Strauss. I think she just goes, ah! <laughs> like, she just roars at him. And I'm like, holy shit, she's fighting for her life. And then yeah. after you see Strauss with her eyeball on his, like, little screwdriver or whatever, she comes up behind him and, like, cracks him with a chair takes the time to say you meet you owe me an eye you bastard and then like just goes back to fighting with him it's like what the fuck so yeah yeah this game has the perfect amount of action and anybody that says otherwise is stupid and i'll give them a swirly i agree (laughs) i'll hit them with a chair (laughs) they can stab my eye out it's fair it's only fair yeah Yeah, they're incredible. I love them. And yeah, Isaac is like the middle ground between the two of them. He's like got the crazy of Strauss and also the working class level-headedness sometimes of Ellie. And it's great. They play together really well. And they all care about each other. And it's really sweet. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I Honestly, I hadn't really thought about that. But Strauss goes out of his way to like contact you multiple times and try to try to figure out what's going on and i think that makes it more tragic like with his last bits of um what would you call it not clarity riz (laughs) his his last bit of riz Riz. i'm gonna be your wingman no um his last bits of awareness i guess he's trying to reach out and piece together like what you guys can do to stop all this yeah he really wants to help it's really sweet yeah and then it just it fades away once he's too far gone which which sucks yeah it's it's sad and it's kind of jarring his death scene it's weird it's it's very strange it just kind of like happens i mean it's like a quick time event i love that he interrupts you hacking the door open like you're like two out of three wires hacked and then he just opens the door <laughs> and attacks you <laughs> it rules but then you just kind of you know you spam a button and then you you kill him with a screwdriver and it's like really sudden and then like a minute later isaac's like yelling at nicole and he's like you made me do this i'm like okay i don't know it doesn't land like super well for me plus it makes me sad because i like that guy yeah i feel like the second half of the game to since we've already used the word riz i might as well bust this but it feels like it starts <laughs> to fall off a little bit after the ishimura at least or maybe yeah. even before then I, I always i always say that getting flung out of a chair back at titan station <laughs> after that point it's kind of like a slow decline but i wanted to see if you agreed with me on that one i don't know i 
I can't quite place my finger on it. Maybe it's the fact that the environment does become a bit more like samey in the second half of the game for me, and I and I do yeah. like to stop and smell the flowers. But how do you feel about the second half versus the first half? Yeah, I think the first half, it's a lot better. I mean, I think the second half is still good. I don't think it falls all the way off, but I, yeah, eh, it all kind of blends together for me in the second half, and I just played this <laughs> this past <laughs> week, which I think says something. Like, the mines, eh, you're like in one room, really, in the mines, like the big room where you gotta go like get the batteries. Right. That's like kind of all you do there. Even though it's relatively short, it, it feels like padding to me. Like it's not super necessary. Like I wish you could just get to the drill faster. Like wah. And the CEC area I also feel similarly about. Plus because the CEC area feels very similar to the first game. And I'm kind of like eh. We've been having so many new experiences in the first half of Dead Space 2 and then to like have like the Ishimura retread and CEC area kind of retread-ish right in a row eh. and then the mines are dark and it's just rocks and there's nothing to look at eh. yeah. yeah yeah i guess i'm i guess i'm the same way when i think of the second half i think of the mines i think of yeah government sector where everything's like oh, shiny yeah. but boring and then yeah. the end part where i don't know you find crispy tideman <laughs> yeah. alone holding down the marker yeah we didn't even talk about crispy tideman really but yeah he looks terrifying he's shooting you with the javelin which is cool oh did you know that you don't have to kill him yeah in that yeah, scene yeah he just kept what he just kind of croaks after you yeah i mean provided i think like parts of his skull are exposed and yeah. you just, like, broke his arm and his body yeah, you is probably do. <laughs> shutting down already. You shoot him in the neck, like, first, so, like, he's already on his way out, but, like, you don't have to make that final, like, headshot, which I think is cool. I think that's neat. Can't you shoot him in, like, wherever, like, in the body, too, if you really want to? Or does it have yeah, to blow so. up his head? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I never pulled the trigger because I feel bad, and I feel like Isaac wouldn't want to, like, kill people unless well i mean he just killed straws but like but the marker made him do it so so did, you know did the marker make him do it uh yes he's precious come on my little zumbini i would i would have just argued that it was like reflexes like it does happen really quick when he kills straws like he grabs the screwdriver and just fucking slams it back at him yeah and it is in self-defense so yeah Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we were Diamond. talking about something else before Diamond. I went Guy off on is, my Guy on his knees, uh, yeah, I, I usually just put it through his head. You know, I see if Damn. my name's good enough. I mean, your he's, beloved Tideman. He's gonna die. Yeah, I'm gonna kill Tideman. Oh, you're doing him a service because he's, like, burned and bleeding out. Yeah, he like. doesn't need to, yeah, he doesn't need to limp on. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> done. Although, Aww. it's... It's interesting that a character that is so governed by, like, rules and logic has completely snapped. Like, Tideman, do you really think that if you kill Isaac here, that that's going to fix anything? Yeah, like, you're at the base of the marker, surrounded by necromorphs, like, during Convergence event. And he's like, but if I can just kill this guy. And, and what's that going to do? That's It's still going to happen, Tideman. <laughs> it's still going to happen. He just wants, like, one win. 
please, guys. Please. Yeah, like, one dub. <laughs> he's been trying to kill you the entire game. Can, it, can you just let him have it? Come on now. Yeah, his little his little traps and schemes aren't working. <laughs> in the in the remake of Dead Space Two, he's gonna be like Mr. X, and he's just gonna be stomping around, <laughs> chasing you with a fucking javelin gun. I'm not gonna be able to look at the little kids' posters in the school anymore because he's just gonna be shooting at me. <laughs> he's gonna be there. <laughs> But he's not going to be silent like Mr. X. He will, like, announce his presence. Be like, Mr. Clark, I'm about to round the corner on your location. <laughs> Clark, I'm aware of your position, and I will be there in two minutes. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> I will like, play it. You can tell it. he's close by because you get emails from him. You get <laughs> Microsoft Outlook event things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Nintendo 3DS Street Pass is going off. Like, yeah. <laughs> Diamond! <laughs> <laughs> I love him now. Man, I'm mad. I love him. You turned me around on this guy. You know, the past however many episodes of this podcast have been me fawning over, like, libertarian, like, ANCAP people. So I need to just, I need to throw my weight behind a, a good old-fashioned authoritarian with ambiguous goals and motivations. I think That's that why I was surprised goals. that you liked him so much, because he's not one of, like, your goofy guys. He's a very serious guy. I like any character, I shouldn't say any character, but I will enjoy a boring character if they're, like, boring to the extreme or if they're boring in exceptional circumstances. And ah. for a guy who's supposed to be watching over, like, an entire, like, space station and dead people are coming back to life and ripping everything apart, he is remarkably calm. <laughs> He's so <laughs> calm and so focused on this one engineer. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's have to about him. Strauss. He's after Strauss, too. Yeah, he remembers Strauss exists for, like, five minutes. But do you think he's calling Strauss, too? <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no! He definitely is! And he's making it worse! <gasps> no, Wait, this which is one my is new headcanon. Wait, which one is making it worse? Who's, who's making... Oh, because I was figuring that Tybin might try to reason with your group, but he reaches out to Strauss first. <laughs> And it's just the most incoherent bullshit. He's like, oh, fuck this. I'm just going to kill them both. <laughs> yeah, Strauss is definitely tell him all about the steps. Tideman does not want to hear anything about that. <laughs> Here's how you run your station. <laughs> Follow the steps. <laughs> you want me to put what in my head? <laughs> God, is this what I've been doing this whole time? That's where all this funding has been going. That's what it was all for. <laughs> Just for Strauss. Well, how's he making I, it worse for for Strauss? Because he's then he probably gets petty about it. He's like, okay, I can't reason with this guy. Screw this guy. I just want him dead. So now I'm gonna call him and remind him, like, hey, remember when you had an eight pack and you were like <laughs> cheat on your wife with this hot lady? Wow, look at you now. Like, dang, you, you fell think, off. Like, you think Tideman would do that? <laughs> well, he's got like all the records. Well, I imagine he just pulls him up, but he's like, oh, I see in your file here, Mr. Strauss. So oh, mm. interesting. <laughs> mm, formerly married. Interesting. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd. Although he might call him an idiot. That would that would destroy my psyche if Tideman called me an idiot. That'd be the <gasps> oh, final yeah. step. <laughs> just, like, your glass shatter. 
no. <laughs> That's step five. Like, step four is acceptance. You're like, cool. I like Tidemint. I'm chill. I'm happy. He calls you an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I have to, now I have to fight my ex-girlfriend in, in my mind palace. Yeah. How do you feel about the final boss fight? Oh, well, see, again, that's another one of those things where, for most of the game, I'm I'm loving the way things are set up. It feels like you're going through a lived-in place, you're finding resources, you're fighting through labs and malls and stuff, and then the final battle is you in your own brain with all of your upgrades and little tools that you have. Like, <laughs> oh, the ammo that I bought in the store travels with me into my mind. To fight the shadow children and Nicole. Like, me saying it out loud makes me sound like a crazy person. <laughs> and it's just goofy. I mean, it's. I think it's fine. I think it's a fun fight now that I understand how it works. The first time I played it, I panicked, which I think is good. I think it's good to catch your players off guard sometimes. Yeah. But it's a little goofy. It's unclear. It goofy. How's Isaac destroying the marker? What is he doing in the physical world to destroy it while he's playing a video game in his brain? Yeah, it's weird. Like, I feel like they should have... Like, it should have been integrated almost with, like, the needle poke scene somehow, in Ooh. some way. Because that's something physical that he's doing, like, to his brain. I like that. Yeah, I don't know how you would do that, but it could take place, like, during that event. Because I, because I, we're still unclear about what the needle poke is even for. What are we doing? We don't know. I think the needle poke canonically is supposed to like help him access the the marker code in his brain. Because he, due to his prolonged exposure to the red marker, I think it was he like had codes in his head. But right, wouldn't every like there were people making markers in a lab. Don't they have yeah. the code? Like, can those guys destroy the marker if they have a mind palace battle with their ex-girlfriend? I think maybe they could, but I think because Isaac built this one specifically, maybe he has to be the one to destroy it? I don't know. Yeah. It's unclear. In, in the first Dead Space, you just drop a giant rock on a marker. So, yeah, why can't we do that again? Yeah, so you tell me that rock built that marker? Come on now. Plus, it's confusing because, you know, Nicole, who is actually, like, the marker, wants you to do the eye poke. But, like, how does that benefit the marker in any way? Because it just wants to absorb you. So why do you have to unlock the code that it put there <laughs> before it absorbs you? I don't... Yeah, I don't yeah. why doesn't a necromorph just jump you when you're in the eye poke? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just assuming you'll poke your brain with the eye poke machine. That's your most likely moment of Isaac just offing himself, I guess. Yeah, I guess maybe that's what they were hoping for, but he was too good. Yeah, he's just a, he's the specialist boy and you can't beat Isaac Clark. I feel like we're ragging on the game a lot, but yeah. it's it's amazing and we love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to say we care about it. I I love this game. This is easily in my top 5. The reason yeah. why I can rag on it so much is that I've played it so much and so I'm I've had to go through these situations so many times and think about them. And I think that's true for a lot of like fandoms or games that people play a lot maybe that plays into like the whole nerd stereotype of like whining about stuff too much but 
I guess I'm a fucking Dead Space nerd, because, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've played it so much that there have been little things that have bugged me, but overall, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yeah, and those things don't take away from how amazingly crafted it is, and it's just very good, and I've totally derailed all of your questions. <laughs> no, no, that ruled. No. <laughs> I'm basically out of solid questions to ask you. Are you... What? Oh, excuse me, where there is no more cannibalism questions? There's no more dating sim questions? What? <laughs> Hello? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not as much of a freak as you might think. I had like a little pet question that's that's almost more for me, but I'll, I'll ask you anyway. Okay. Um, would you live on Titan Station if there were no necromorphs? I have to specify because last time you were like, mm, "Are you sure you'd like to live on Titan Station after what happened?" Like, yeah, gotcha. I know. I know. Tideman like karate chopped it in half and blew up part of it, and then necromorphs killed everybody. But would you live in the pod? <laughs> I would. I would live in the pod. Really? I think it's cool to live in space. I think it would be awesome. I'd love to fly in space. I would get a job where you can go fly in space and like fix little things in space. Oh, that would be my job. That would scare the shit out of me. What? More than the necromorphs? Uh, oh, no, they're not okay. here. I forgot. They're not here. <laughs> I already told you they're not there. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the idea of like, whoops, like my tether wasn't affixed correctly. I guess I'm drifting away now. Although they have the suits now where they can boosh around. Yeah, I have my little jetpack. I'm fine. I'm listening to my music out there. I'm having a great time. No necromorphs are shooting at me because they're not here. <laughs> Those are the rules. <laughs> you would live there. You really said that. I think about the setting, and I think it looks cool, and I love the aesthetic. I love industrial, like, function over form, like, just boring, shitty, like, cramped apartments in space. I think that stuff rocks. I don't know how happy I'd be out there. Like... Yeah. I'm sure if I were living in that setting, I'd be like, damn, I wish I could live on Earth and feel wind. And yeah, stuff they like probably that. still have that there. <laughs> Maybe. Well, well, you know what I mean. Like, I imagine it would be kind of like living underground, where everything's yeah. artificial. You don't, you know, you can't go outside in the traditional sense. So you can never touch grass ever again. Oh, I mean, maybe they have grass, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I love the view. I love the aesthetic of it. I'd at least stay for like a couple months. Yeah, see how you like it. See yeah. if you lose your mind or not. Yeah, I was an RA in college, so I was on like an empty, almost empty college campus for a few weeks. And uh, that's probably like living <laughs> on a dreary, depressing, uh, claustrophobic metal station in space. It is true that like nobody's happy there, which is why Unitology is able to recruit so many people so you would live there and you would be miserable and then you would join utology which is your dream of course you love it <laughs> yeah i see where this is going <laughs> i don't think everyone's like no one is happy i just think it's a higher rate of like depression and stuff <laughs> like that yeah. well it's, yeah. it's like when they send people to antarctica to do research and oh yeah just, you, you don't get as much sunlight. I do think that it's really cool that on top of the overt side effects of the marker, like, you know, reanimating people and seeing the dead, or, or I, I should just say, like, the infection part, 
you have in the science logs they're trying to contain the signal but they just can't yeah and they don't know why yeah and so like before the full-on outbreak you do just have this i don't want to say mass psychosis but like people are going a little bonkers and like the kids in the school are fighting more and are talking about their dead relatives and people are yeah people are just going a little wacky oh yeah because you can read those logs and that one teacher's like this is why kids need to be on earth (laughs) not in space (laughs) science has gone too far stop sending your children to space yeah yeah that's true you know i wouldn't mind titan station with the marker i'll take the marker no necromorphs just let me have my little deranged uh time (laughs) in space you just want to have like a little bit of dementia (laughs) as a treat (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny that they call it the dementia signal like i cannot take that seriously when i'm reading those logs and then dana (laughs) her excuse why isaac has to listen to her uh you've got some kind of weird dementia it's gonna kill you unless you follow me yeah. All right, well, that sounds believable. That sounds like science. Lethal dementia. Yeah, it's, <laughs> traveling to your, it's traveling to your heart, Isaac. It'll kill you. You've, you've got to follow me. Go into the church. Don't ask questions. Yeah, he is so... His gullible rating is high. He would be a prime candidate for indoctrination, I think. <laughs> his file. <laughs> gullibility no. through the roof. Oh, this poor guy. Just like his mom. No! We didn't know that yet. Oh, it's yeah. so sad. It's extra sad well, now. Okay, here here's another thing. I knew that about his parents. Or at least I knew his mom was a unitologist before the remake. And I don't know where you're supposed to find that. What? Yeah. How did you know that? I was in I was in like a Dead Space Discord and one of the people in there told me that and I was like, what the fuck? How do you know that? And it was well, Isaac. Isaac was in there. He told I don't you. think. <laughs> I don't think Isaac's in the. <laughs> he's real. <laughs> yeah, he's in the Discord. <laughs> Let me be unhinged for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude, Tideman would be an excellent Discord mod. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> if I ever get a custom bot for Discord, it's gonna be Tideman. It has to be. And if you really piss him off, he will call you an idiot. You idiot! You're banned! <laughs> Holy shit. And then he cuts off your oxygen, IRL. No! Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> he tries to shoot you with a javelin gun. <laughs> All kittens, please report directly to voice channel. No, oh, please, kittens. no. The voice. Retirement's <laughs> <laughs> kittens. <laughs> Isaac, I'm revoking your at everyone privileges. We can't have any more pings. <laughs> hey, I think I think we've reached the end here. I think <laughs> we did it. Um, you you become Isaac. I think I want to become Tideman. You you are one with Tideman. You can hear him breathing. You can feel his heartbeat. Oh shit. Right. Is there a, well we've we've kind of shouted you out in the last time, but if you want to if you want to do it again, is there is there any places we can find you online, Caden, or anything you want to shout out in particular? Oh, just the same as last time. Come over to my Twitch. Talk to me about Isaac. I will get distracted from whatever I'm doing and talk about him for like an hour. 
Well, It'll be great. Just in case these animals haven't watched the first Dead Space episode, what is your, your Twitch username? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Caden Cactus. That's me. Come on over. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's good. <laughs> All right. I only have one question left now. I'm ready. Say the line. It's not even a question. It's a command. I'm full <laughs> time in mode now. Say the line. No. Say the line. <laughs> <clears throat> NPC you later. <laughs>